Welcome to Primal Learning. Are you a parent who struggles to motivate your child? Are you a teacher who would like some tips on how to manage student behaviour? Are you a school leader trying to determine the best way to support your staff? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Damien Barry, and this is a podcast that explores four broad areas which I believe are important, or at least of interest to many people, and these are learning, schools, education, and teaching. In this podcast, my goal is to debunk myths, provide helpful advice, explore the difficult topics, critique the burning issues and debate the latest trends. I will look at what works, what doesn't, what annoys and what confounds for parents, students, teachers and those who'd simply like to understand a bit more about the world of learning and schooling in general. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Primal Learning. In a previous episode, I explored stress and anxiety and burnout issues amongst our educators, and I'll touch upon this a little more today. In this episode, I will be having a look at the research paper recently released from the Gonski Institute called Growing Up Digital. I think that with recent events, it has gone a little under the radar, but it has some very important data that we need to consider around the use of digital technologies in our classrooms. But before I get to that, As I prepare this episode, I'm also preparing for the start of Term 2 in Queensland, like so many other teachers across the state. In Queensland, we have at least the first five weeks of Term 2 in a remote learning or virtual learning format, where the majority of our students will be required to learn from home whilst we continue to mitigate COVID-19. I'm very thankful for the platforms that my school in particular has in place, very thankful indeed, especially things like Zoom and Canvas. For those people out there who have not heard about one or both of these particular pieces of digital tech, let me give you a quick little summary. Now Zoom, I'm sure most people have probably heard of it already or maybe are very familiar with it and use it themselves. Now I liken it to Skype on steroids. It's a video conferencing tool but it allows participants to see every other participant simultaneously and to have real-time conversations just as you would in a face-to-face environment. It's great for meetings and classes of all sizes. I use it for whole school assemblies, whole staff meetings, parent-teacher interviews, recruitment interviews. I've even conducted a whole day conference with it with staff from across the country. It's just brilliant. We run our normal timetable with Zoom, so kids turn up for accounting or English or maths as they would normally do, and their teachers do the same. And I include primary school students and secondary students in this. The beauty of Zoom is that you can create little things like breakout rooms, which is like a Zoom classroom within an existing Zoom lesson. So it works like this. So if you want to have a private conversation with a child or even a parent, maybe a kid's playing up a little bit. Maybe they're a little bit shy. They don't feel comfortable in talking or asking a question in front of their peers. Well, you can set up a little breakout room, a little separate room, and you can invite them into this little room um, in a virtual world, so to speak, that's private and confidential. And you can have a conversation with them, and then you can sort of send them back into the regular classroom or the regular room. So it's pretty cool. The host can also mute individual participants, or they can mute all participants as a whole if there is excessive noise in the background. So there's a lot of nice little tricks and tools and strategies that you can use with Zoom. So anyway, this this little tool allows us to carry on as close to normal as possible. It's an absolute lifesaver within this current crisis. 
The other tool that we use is called Canvas. It's our learning management system. So if you're familiar with Moodle or Blackboard, it's a bit like these. So all of our curriculum, our assessment, our academic re uh, reports, our resources, they're all placed on Canvas. So our students and parents and other staff across the country or across all of our campuses in Queensland at least can access it 24-7 as long as they have an internet connection. It also promotes flipped learning. So teachers can build their Canvas courses, they can place all their lesson plans and resources on the platform, they can communicate with kids and say, all right kids, jump on to my Canvas course and access this particular um, resource or task or activity or whatever, and, and everyone just works through these uh, as the unit or as the term progresses. So it's brilliant. But you know, with both Zoom and, and Canvas, we're well catered for this particular environment that we've sort of find ourselves in. We've been using these two platforms for quite some time. So our, our students, our parents, and all our staff are very familiar, familiar with it. We just didn't flick the switch you know, six weeks ago. So, you know, in terms of using these things, we're very familiar with it, which helps as well. So we just continue with it. And if anything, we just augment it and sort of develop it even further. What we also do as a staff, I guess, to sort of stay connected is that we meet as a staff either at a campus level or a whole school level every day for a bit of a check-in and for just some general updates and information. We do this on Zoom, obviously. Um, and I also use a little thing called WhatsApp, again, which most people are probably very familiar with as well. And it just allows quick communication between senior staff and myself so that we can have uh, quick turnarounds and regular communications whilst we're all still separated. So anyway, I think we are as ready as we can be as a school community. Um, we have all of our campuses open with, uh, with most staff present. I know that we'll still have a, a couple of students turn up, um, mainly students with specific learning needs, and we'll look, we'll look after them as we need to, um, as, you know, as the days unfold. So anyway, here we are. So it's the beginning of term two. But I, I must admit though, I'm a little bit worried about some staff and some parents. Uh, five weeks, I think five weeks will feel like an eternity, I reckon. Uh, some staff will thrive in this environment. I think just the, the mere fact that simply not having to commute for some will save them a lot of time. Um, but I, I have a sense that many will struggle with the isolation as the weeks tick by. I think that work provides a structure, it provides a routine, a sense of purpose and a social connection. For many teachers at my school, their colleagues are their cheer squad. It's their, their therapist, their mentor, their best mate. You know, they'll still get a bit of this if they, you know, if they're at campus, um, turning up, you know, for work at a campus level day to day, or just via our Zoom meetings, our check-ins that we have. But I think we'll have to implement other little things, other little quirky, fun, interesting little things like Friday afternoon social drinks, for instance. Maybe that's just for me, <laughs> suit my needs. But anyway. We're, we'll, we'll do our best as the, as the days and as the weeks roll through over the next five weeks, and we'll see what the Queensland Government says uh, from week six onwards. Hopefully we can all come back and resume as close to normal as possible. Now, like I said before, like I said, at the start of this episode, uh, or this podcast, I, I mentioned there was a, a piece of research that re, re, uh, released, which I think is really important for us, for parents, for educators, to, um, to engage with a little bit. It comes from the Gonski Institute. It's called Growing Up Digital. It was research conducted on the observations and perceptions of teachers and principals from across the country around the impact of digital technologies on student academic performance. It doesn't paint a rosy picture, I must say. In fact, quite a bleak one, I think. Now, I just spent the first 10 minutes of this podcast talking up two pieces of digital tech, you know, Zoom and Canvas. 
but the report doesn't say that we need to abandon all digital tech and go back to chalk and blackboards. It does, though, suggest that as a society, we need to make some changes. Like I've just mentioned, with the majority of kids across Australia, and teachers for that matter, relying on digital tech to teach and to learn, this research does take on even more importance. It also points out how digital tech, instead of reducing inequities, is actually contributing to it. So anyway, let's, let's first of all start by looking at some of the stats, the key stats. Now, there were 1,876 teachers and principals surveyed as part of this study across government, Catholic and independent schools across the country. So here we go. 59% of participants, as in teachers and principals, have observed a decline in students' readiness to learn. And now I guess they're pointing a direct correlation to um, the intrusion of digital tech within classrooms and homes for that matter. So 59%. 43% believe that digital tech enhances teaching and learning. Yep, I'd agree with that. However, 84% said that they created a growing distraction in the classroom. It's 84%, growing distraction in the classroom. 78% of principals and teachers said they had seen a decrease in the ability of students to focus on educational tasks, okay, as part of their normal everyday lessons, 78%. One teacher, for instance, said that students were spending a large portion of the school day, in their words, thinking about games they play at home. If it's anything like my boys, it'll be something like Fortnite. So students had also expected, this is a teacher's comment, so they felt that students also expect every lesson to be exciting, and they showed little patience for what the teachers classed as mundane activities such as handwriting. Mundane, but still necessary, nevertheless. Okay? The report found that the vast majority of teachers were concerned about the more limited access that disadvantaged children had to computers and their in the internet for learning, as compared to maybe their city counterparts. Now, excessive screen use for many had resulted in poor sleep, this is the perception and observations of teachers and principals of students they see every day. So excessive screen use for many had resulted in poor sleep, which is likely to increase the risk of anxiety and depression. Teachers also identified an increase in children with emotional, social and behavioural challenges and a decrease in empathy and student empathy over the past five years. Now, they've also found that, well, the, the broader research found that 30% of a child's waking time is spent in front of a screen. So that's basically one third of their day is spent in a fairly sedentary um, position, watching or engaging with a screen of some description, whether that's gaming or laptops or iPads or iPhones, whatever it may be, one third of their day. That's quite a lot, isn't it? The report doesn't point to or suggest causation, but it does suggest a correlation between increasing amounts of screen time and a deterioration in mental health amongst children. So, I don't know about you, but to me, these figures are startling. Now, we're in the business, as educators and parents, we're in the business of not only providing children with the ability to pursue their chosen career path, but we're also partly responsible for developing children who are well-adjusted, empathetic or empathic, caring creatures. If we aren't doing this, and if we aren't recognising the data and the impacts of the digital tools that we use every day on learning and well-being, then what are we doing? Now, these devices aren't going away. 
Social media isn't going anywhere. The genie is out of the bottle and there's no putting it back. Now look, personally, I love things like Facebook and LinkedIn. They are great ways to stay connected with friends and colleagues from across the world, to open up new business opportunities, to access information. They're great. But we clearly need to make some changes in the way that we use digital technologies in our classrooms and the way that we use digital tech to access learning opportunities. Simply banning devices in schools is not the answer. I think that over the past 10 years, we have seen an explosion in digital tools within classroom, clearly. Now, don't get me wrong. They are wonderful tools. They, ha they, ha they have a role to play. They can provide access to a massive array of resources. They can help with learning support and gifted and talented students. Uh, they can help with us to differentiate our learning tasks and experiences. They enable us to reach students in remote locations. They enable us to partner with parents and to partner with things like organisations like universities and TAFEs, etc. But there are clearly some problems. I think that we've all been a little bit seduced by the power of these devices, you know, laptops, the internet, iPads, iPhones, etc. And I put myself in that category clearly. I think that there's been an explosion of these devices, like I mentioned before, over the past 10, or 5, 10 to 15 years. But we haven't taken enough time to really explore the benefits, the disadvantages and the advantages of these devices and the impact that they play within our classrooms. I think that most educators are what you'd call digital immigrants. So, and we're trying to teach digital natives. We've been working it out as we've gone along the way. I think that as educators, we've been so eager to prepare our kids for the future world. And we thought that we needed to you know, use all these digital tools to do so when really we should have emphasised more the skills of collaboration, teamwork, innovation and verbal communication. What can we do to address some of these concerns expressed by teachers and principals? And what can we do to reduce the rising rates of mental health amongst our students? So these are mighty big topics to bite off, okay? So I'll have a bit of a crack at it. I think first of all, it starts with partnerships. Partnerships between home and school. It's not a sole school responsibility. It's not a sole parent responsibility. I think schools and well-meaning parenting experts keep telling parents how to manage digital devices in the home. But apart from a small minority of families, my guess is that, it, is that it's not really occurring for a range of very valid reasons. It's no one's fault. But we do need to have ongoing dialogue to tackle it, a shared responsibility between home and school. Parents need to be brought into this dialogue. Students need to be brought into this dialogue. They need to hear our concerns. They need to know the stats. They need to have an opportunity to provide some solutions. May I, may I also encourage the concept of play, playing in the outdoors, playing outside. I don't mean organised sport. I mean unstructured play where kids are getting dirty, using their imagination, making things, building things, climbing things, breaking things, interacting with other kids. I know there are a host of reasons why we have been, seen a decline in play-based activities. But as a society, I think we need to look at how we can facilitate more play. There's also a book that I'd like to recommend to parents and teachers. It's called The Last Child in the Woods by the author Richard Louvre. Now, Richard directly links the absence of nature in the lives of today's wired generations, he called it, to some disturbing trends such as obesity, tension disorders and depression. This book in particular has had a profound impact on the way I teach and even as I parent.
I think this is there's certainly some big topics here that I'd like to explore in later episodes. But that's it for today. Please check out some of my earlier episodes uh, and podcasts via Spotify. And please send me any feedback or suggestions for future episodes. Take care and see you next time. I hope you've enjoyed this week's topic. Before we go, don't forget to click on the subscribe button for this podcast wherever you listen and give it a rating. You can find me on social media such as Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram or contact me via email at dbarry1913 at gmail.com. You can even leave a suggestion for a future topic if you wish. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. I'll have another episode in two weeks. I'm Damien Barry. Thanks for listening to Primal Learning.